give yourself the gift of improving your mental health and wellness over time so that you can be at your optimal state, right? Like why not be the best that you can be mentally and physically? And that comes from an intentional effort and commitment and doing a checkup from the neck up and making sure that you're okay and that you've got what you need to take care of yourself and to be the best possible version of you. And that comes with doing what you need from a mental health perspective too. Hello, friends. It's Amy Calandrino, and I'm coming back to you with the latest installment of the Performance Mindset Podcast. After a decade of providing expert advice to the business owners and entrepreneurs that I serve, I have met some impactful and influential leaders along the way. And the goal of this show is to to share these different journeys and hopefully inspire you to achieve that performance mindset. So today, and I want to make sure to get it right. So I have with me, Allison Walsh. We met each other through, what was it? The Women Who Mean Business, right? Where we- Yep, it was. We ended up having our whole reception via online. Yeah, because we couldn't get together in person. And we need to do that. So I know. (laughs) So, but Allison is the founder of Allison Walsh Consulting. She's vice president of the clinical outreach at Charlie Health. It's an organization that offers life-saving treatment options to young people and family experience mental health crisis. And she has spent the last decade coaching women on personal branding, business, and success. And she's a certified positive psychology coach. Allison's been featured in top media Sources such as Forbes, Business Leader, Bustle, and the Harvard Business Review, just to name a few. And the last three years, you've had your own podcast show, She Believed She Could. And we're going to talk about the, the book that's just about to launch. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell us a little bit more about your background, how you got started, And what's your why, both behind your consulting and then also what you do with Charlie Health? Yeah, absolutely. So it all kind of ties together, although over the last like 20 years, it kind of felt like they were different worlds, but it really has surfaced and become so crystal clear. And, you know, really my why, I started sharing my story and really putting myself out there when I was 18 years old. And it was more in the spirit of helping others than anything else. I had gone through pretty significant struggle with anorexia and bulimia while in high school. And once I found recovery and realized, you know, what life could look like without that, I wanted to be the voice for the voiceless and I wanted to share and I wanted people to never feel like they were alone. And as a result, that was really a launching pad for me. And again, like 20 plus years ago, people weren't talking about mental health challenges as much as they do now. I mean, even still, there's a lot of work for us to do. But back then, I you know, was using my voice. I was getting involved in organizations. I was putting myself in positions to really help bridge the gap and connect people with resources. And as a result, you know, I gained a lot of momentum because there weren't a lot of people doing it. There's many more now, which I'm so grateful for. But I really landed myself at tables in which I I had a voice in boardrooms and in nonprofits and other organizations. And then eventually became Miss Florida. I had the chance to share this very publicly 
over the course of my year of service. And that was a really, really incredible experience, which is what caught a lot of people's attention around the fact that I was building my brand based on something that I cared so deeply about, which then ended up leading into my first go at a coaching and consulting company where people were coming to me say I want saying I wanted to do what you were doing. Can you help me tell my story and build my brand and help me achieve the goals that I'm setting for myself? And as a result, have been able to do that. But it all started with my why. My why was I wanted to help and I wanted to share my story and I wanted to help others along the process. And so that was both the catalyst for me, um, you know, starting my own company. It has been the catalyst for all of the work I have done in behavioral health. I've had the chance to be a part of some incredible startup healthcare companies, scaling them from zero to where they are now, which you know, billion dollar valuations, incredible impact. And I'm very grateful for the work that I've been able to do. And I, you know, grateful for people taking a chance on me at such a young age. I think that was also something that I didn't expect because I was always the youngest one in the room. And I always kind of uh, thought that they weren't taking me seriously, but they were. And as a result, I earned their respect, I earned their trust, and I earned the seat at the table and have spent you know, a really incredible career helping a lot of help people along the way. What I find to be so incredible is that you had the confidence and you didn't operate out of like a sense of fear in sharing that, but it still must have been really hard. Like, do you remember the first time that you actually shared it publicly? Oh yeah. So, and I actually talk about this in the first chapter of my book. It's how the book starts actually. So, but I had, and you might know her, Lisa Maley, who is local, right? Started Maley, yeah, the Maley school. She was the one that really came to me and said, like, you were blessed with a voice to tell your story. And Mm. I would love to help you do this. And I remember like standing at the end of the runway in her studio, practicing it over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And it was more so like, that's how I got over the fear of it. Because I knew if I could get to the other side and I could share it responsibly, I could really impact people, but I had to get through that first part. Right. And so we enlisted her to help me. And it really, the first time I ever shared my story really publicly locally was at Winter Park High School. She coordinated that. I went in, I I did it. And like at that point, then I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. And I'll never forget like the first time I went back to my university, because that was really when I got to UF, I was like, there's nothing here. Of course, there's stuff there now, but there was nothing there. I wanted to make change happen. I went into the student healthcare center. I said, can I start a student organization? And they were very receptive to that. And that's really where my nonprofit started and everything. But when I really realized that like I could do this and people needed it. And all it took was that first person coming up to me after a presentation saying, I think I'm struggling. I need help. Or I'm so glad I know about this now because I have a loved one that really needs resources and needs support. So like all it took was one person every time to just continue to like fuel that fire for me. And it wasn't about me. And I think that's the biggest thing is like when you lose yourself in the service of others, Mm -hmm. it's not ego driven, right? It's really about like, how can you help? And I, that's where I have found my my passion throughout my entire career. Like every client that I take on, or every organization or business that I get involved in, it's really about like how can we increase the ability to impact, whether it's the individual yeah. level or it's the organization level. And so, it was never about me back then, and it still isn't now. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not about you, but still, by doing that, it's almost like you unlocked the key, and you weren't yeah. no longer caged with that secret 
you know, inside and it so became liberating. powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it took time too. I always say like every time I shared my story, especially early on, it was like putting the puzzle pieces back together. Mm -hmm. You know, I struggled for three and a half years in silence, feeling very alone. I was very sick. I could have easily lost my life. And I was so grateful for my recovery. And I was also grateful for the opportunity to kind of figure things out again, because when you bury something for so long, it can be so dark, but there's this beautiful light that like, as you start to like, just put the pieces together, thanks to therapy and the opportunity yeah. to share, it was a really beautiful experience for me. And then, you know, meeting so many incredible people along the way that were just so passionate about doing the same thing. And I just loved it. I loved um, being mentored by others that were leading the charge in this space. I appreciated every chance to connect, collaborate, and work together. I really, really loved and saw at an early age that there is so much power in connection. And it's not about competition. It's yes. not about anything like that. It's like, let's own our lanes, but let's drive next to each other and let's get yeah. there together. Oh, I think that is so powerful. One of the amazing things that's come out of having this podcast is I've gotten to have so many conversations about mental health because like the performance mindset is just multifaceted. It's about the connections that you're talking about. It's about, you know, investing in yourself and believing in yourself and doing those different things. But one of the big things, yeah, we focus on is mental health. What do you think are some misconceptions or stigma surrounding mental health? I think the biggest thing is that people often connect mental health with that there's something wrong. And yeah. it's like mental health is health, right? It is yeah. Just as, if not more important than physical health, it's going to impact your mm. physical health. And so it needs to be taken care of as such, you know? And I think like we're much more proactive when we're not feeling well, right? To call the doctor, or go to CentraCare or Teladoc or whatever to address a physical mm. symptom than we are to be proactive when we notice a change mentally. And so I really want to empower those that are listening that if they're feeling different, there might be something that needs to be addressed. And so just like you have, have doctors that you go to or people that you reach out to when you're not physically feeling well, I encourage you to put your people in place for when you're not mentally feeling well too, but also to give yourself the gift of improving your mental health and wellness mm -hmm. over time so that you can be at your optimal state, right? Yeah. Like why not be the best that you can be? mentally and physically. And that comes from an intentional effort and commitment and doing a checkup from the neck up and making sure that you're okay and that you've got what you need to take care of yourself and to be the best possible version of you. And that comes with doing what you need from a mental health perspective too. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I'm not a mental health professional, but like I tell people too, sometimes it's helpful just to have those relationships because you know, I've heard so many things from friends and even from personal experience. Sometimes it's really hard to source those relationships if you're in an urgent need and maybe just proactively, like you get your car service, you know, going and, you know, having that relationship. And you may even still uncover patterns you weren't even aware of that are keeping you from reaching your full potential. Absolutely. And even if you don't think a mental health therapist, right, or somebody with that caliber of, of credential, is what you need, even coaching, right? Like there are, yeah. there's so much that you can do from that angle to just continue to improve upon yourself and to build that resilience, the grit, the mindset, right? And 
you know, and have somebody that is that constant, right? That's external from like your loved ones or the people that you see on a day-to-day basis, because they help to be that pulse check for you where maybe it's an objective viewpoint of like, Hey, you kind of, you know, I'm worried or I'm concerned. You seem a bit more stressed these days or off, you know, or whatever it may be. So I really just encourage you to think about what is the optimal version of you that you want to be and who else do you need in your corner to get there? Yeah. I, I coaching. Yeah. Coaching is so, so key. That's can't think of a leader I've had on my podcast that, that doesn't have like a coach or, you know, maybe if they're in the middle of it, at least like a mentor, you know, having someone who's, who's not tied to your, your family or your business is, is key. So one thing is, have you heard of toxic positivity. Can you expand on how that actually differs from actual positive thinking? Yeah. So toxic positivity really gained a lot of momentum in the media when people are just counterproductive in the way in which they project positivity. Like everything is over the top, right? It it leaves no space for real human emotion or feeling. And and it can oftentimes come off as like shaming if you're not, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really, you know, with when it comes to this, I think that there's always a healthy way of remaining positive, but it doesn't mean that like you shouldn't check in with yourself if you're not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And you also shouldn't project that on others. So like naturally, I'm a very positive person, right? You mentioned in my bio, I'm a certified positive psychology coach. Right. That doesn't mean that every day I'm like shoving down the glass half full mentality onto everyone, right? Like I create the space to have the conversations, to give people the opportunity to explore what they're doing and where they're headed and give them tools to help uh, get them back in a really great state of mind um, when they're struggling from whatever perspective or whatever they're working on. That's very different than me listening to somebody tell me something that's not going well and being like, it's totally okay. And da, 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 da. like, that's not it. Right. Yeah. So I just really encourage people to be mindful of what they project on people to be the light that they want to see in the world always. And like, always be very mindful of the energy that you bring to the room. And, you know, I love the quote of like, you're 100% responsible for the energy you show up with. And so like, be what you want to be, show up as the way in which you want to show up, but also respect other people and not force your projections on others. Yeah. I think when you're like, oh, it's going to be okay, you're diminishing them. And yeah, you exactly. Instead of saying, you know, I, I think of my toddlers and something bad happens and I'm like, oh, what happened? You know, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I, I think to them, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Instead of saying, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, and then right. you know you do that with their adults or otherwise, otherwise that people can feel like not acknowledged. And then you're lacking the connection that you're talking about as well. Right. And so asking the questions, how can I best support you yeah. at this time? Right. Like that's such a powerful question versus, you know, it's fine. You're going to be fine. Like if somebody's going through a really hard time, like the last thing they want to hear, like it from somebody that doesn't have the context or perspective is like, it's all okay. It's a, no, like, no, give them the space, give them the support, you know, and I yeah. think that's where we have to just be really mindful of others and what they're experiencing. It was interesting. I read the book Option B by Cheryl Sandberg not too long ago. I don't know if you had the opportunity to read that, but it was interesting. And it's along these kind of same lines is after she lost her husband, nobody wanted to talk about the fact that she'd lost her husband. And I thought it was really interesting in there when she finally had a friend that would like 
talk about it and not just like, oh, it's going to be okay. Time's going to heal this. And how much more powerful that was and how much more validating that is for the other person, how much more healthy it's going to be. It may, it kind of makes me think a little bit about that. So absolutely. And you think we're all coming out of like hard times, right? There are going to be yeah. other hard times. There's, yeah. and so it's like meeting people where they're at and not forcing them to shove down their feelings. Yeah. Cause it's almost like it's sometimes it comes from a place of like, you want to feel better about the situation. And so it's like, but you got to like, let them feel the feels, you know, and, and support them how you can. Well, yeah. If you're just like, it's okay. It's almost like, just like brush it off, go, go. And that's, that's kind of like the old way of like handling things. And I think that's maybe why we have <laughs> some of the issues we have today. So which that kind of leads into like, what are some of the common traps that we can fall into with like our mindset or handling obstacles? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of them, right? And I think like where I always like to encourage people to go is like, how can you disrupt the pattern of thought? I'm a big person when it comes to like tracking (laughs) over time. Like, how are you feeling every day? Like, what were you able to accomplish? Like taking a few minutes at the end of each day to have just an objective view of what what you did, right? And people can get stuck, especially high achievers, right? So I do a lot around like strengths-based coaching. And a lot of the people that work for me or with me or that I coach have achiever in their top five. So like, this is kind of like my, you know, my playground. And so the common situation that I see with just high achieving individuals in general is that they don't give themselves credit for what's been accomplished thus far. It's like they're reaching for the orange before they fully juice the lemon. And it's one of those situations where if you don't pause for the cause and you don't take a step back and really evaluate, you can get caught in this like very negative narrative of like all the the not enoughs, right? I haven't yeah. done enough. I, you know, I need to do more, all of that. And it can be a really, really negative narrative that actually prevents you from being able to make progress or get things to completion. There's also, you know, sometimes people wear perfectionism like a badge of honor. I I disagree. I think yeah. that, you know, there's definitely analysis paralysis that creeps in. I've had to really embrace that over the course of my career. Like I will never forget I had a a performance review myself at one point where my supervisor at the time just had to really reinforce he's like done is better than perfect. Trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Push it across the finish line. That's the only way you're going to get feedback. That's the only way you're going to learn. Fail forward, trust yourself and make moves. And that was, I will never forget that ever, ever, ever for the rest of my life. And it was such a valuable piece of advice, but I can see that in so many when, and it's, you know, sometimes it is that workplace pride or that work product pride and, and all of that, but like, it can really keep you stuck too. And so I think like, as you think about what it is, number one, give yourself credit for where you are. Number two, focus on progress over perfection and make sure that you are auditing what you're doing and and where you're spending your time and energy and resources. And is it getting you to where you want to be? And so those are all very helpful as far as avoiding mindset traps. Yeah. I think just tracking what, whatever it is, you whether you have goals and seeing where you're at in those goals or otherwise, I remember I talked to one of my, I'm in a group of commercial real estate women. We call ourselves the power beacons and we have this like tribe or sisterhood of us. And, you know, I was so down on myself and I was telling one of the ladies there, I'm like, I just feel like I could be doing more. And she asked, she asked me some stuff like, Amy, you're like in the top 1%. Orlando's like not that big of a market and you're doing this. And I was like, Oh, and so you need to like 
whether it's a coach or friends or otherwise, sometimes yeah. to having someone else tell you. <laughs> yeah. Hold up the mirror for you. Right. Like we do that a lot around yeah. here. So it's like, I need you to see yourself as we see you. And I think like, again, when you're just naturally hard on yourself and I fall into this like all the time, right? Like I'm a high achiever. I like to win. I like to achieve goals. And if something's not happening the way I want it to, like it can be real easy for me to slip too. <laughs> I can go down. And that's where it's like having, like you said, like your mastermind or your group, your tribe of people, the people that can hold up the mirror for you and be like, listen, you're amazing. Take a breath. (laughs) You know, it's all going to be, you know, okay in this regard, but like, look at what you have achieved. And if you don't like something about it, where can you make the improvements? And we're here to cheer you on every step of the way. Yeah. I love it. So you have your podcast. She believed she could. And now you're launching your book. How has this kind of media experience been or how has the overall experience been? What does that journey kind of look like? Yeah. So the podcast started in my kid's playroom uh, about two months (laughs) into COVID where I was just searching for inspiration and joy and motivation. And honestly, like similar to what you said, like I wanted to surround myself with other amazing people that were like, you know, also able to contribute wisdom for the greater good. And uh, it was, it was simply that my daughter and I were on a walk one night and she knows how much I love the quote. She believes she could. So she did. In fact, it's on a little note behind me. Um, and it, that used to sit on my desk all of the time in my yeah. old office. And she's like, mom, what about that as the name of your podcast? And it was literally that I was like, that is perfect. Let's go. And so bought a mic, started recording and the rest is history. And I've learned so much, but it really gave me a beautiful platform, a beautiful outlet. I have met the most incredible people that I'm now connected to in such a meaningful way post interview. That was our first touch point. And so it's been really, really wonderful. As I got serious about writing a book, which has been on something I've wanted to do really since I started telling my story when I was 18, I wasn't quite ready at that point to put the words on paper. But as Mm -hmm. I continued to iterate my own business, as I had this podcast, as I was doing all of these things, the, the core areas became so clear as I really leaned into what did people need to hear and want to hear? And so I'm very data-driven, right? I was looking at like, where were the trends? What were my mm-hmm. clients needing? What episodes were doing really well? And honestly, that gave mm-hmm. a lot of guidance to the book. And that. so as I started you know, putting the proposal together and working on that, it was real easy for me to have core areas of focus come straight from what I knew people needed. And so it's been great. I mean, it's been a journey. I have run alongside so many self-published authors in my uh, coaching and consulting business. We've got amazing woman after amazing woman after amazing woman that we've hit bestseller or number one new release. So I was very familiar with the self-publishing side of things, but the traditional publishing was something new for me. And so, you know, it was again, kind of pushing myself outside of my comfort zone, trying something new, surrounding myself with a tribe of support, people that had done this successfully that could help me navigate these waters. So I never felt like I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) because that, that it's scary, right? Like again, back to the high achiever and wanting it to be the best it can be. It provided great comfort for me to have just a really great group of people walking alongside me or running alongside me throughout this. I will say writing the book was the easiest part. 
Um, I negotiated my own book deal. So like once that was signed, sealed and delivered last August, it was just heads down. I, you know, made a plan. I wrote a thousand words a day and, you know, got the 50,000 done in a relatively short period of time. So it took me about three months to write the book. And then from that point, you know, the publisher took it from there with editing and, and all of that. And then it was really up to me to create the marketing engine that will help propel this forward. But I'm, I'm so grateful and I'm so excited that we're so close to launch now. And I poured my heart and soul into it. And I really thought about the people that needed to read it and what it could do for them too. And so hopefully there's a lot of individuals who will learn something new, reflect on something that maybe they hadn't thought about, and most importantly, put a lot of the frameworks and tools into action. And where is the book available? Is it Amazon, Barnes & Noble? Everywhere, literally everywhere. So it's really exciting. And all the pre-sales, you know, everything's available now, but created a a website specifically for the book. So it's shebelievedbook.com. And that links out to all of the different retailers. And there's all kinds of additional resources and supplemental success guides and uh, mini course and all of those things that come along with it. But it was really just such a beautiful experience. And I'm I'm excited and I'm ready to like write the next one now that I've learned all these things. So, but just, you know, it's, it's been a fun journey. Amazing. And you know what I was just thinking, and we'll have to talk about it offline is we've never gotten all the 2020 women who mean business together. That's what we could do. We should do yeah. some happy hour with your like so fun. Yes. Right? Yes. And that then would have be all awesome. the ladies get a book and get oh, an yeah. autograph and some fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking Couldn't forward. Help myself, and I was just like thinking here. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love a good uh, celebration, right? Going back to celebrating the wins, right? We have to. Yeah. We have to do that. So we're gonna be so idea. excited to to celebrate that. So, what do you think has been one of what, what's the single most important reason for for your success? You feel because you've had such a journey. I'm really, really resilient, and yeah. I. I feel like that has been (laughs) such a beautiful launching pad for so many things, right? I've been knocked down a lot. I have overcome a lot. I look at at adversity through the lens of what am I learning and how am I getting back up and how am I moving forward and and never repeating something I don't want to repeat. And I think that has been a big part of this. I could have given up a lot of times throughout the course of my career, you know, even just from the early days of of being an advocate and i you know there were n- not everybody was receptive to my message but that's okay yeah. I, i'm not for everybody i understand that but even you know going through so many things right like i even think back to my 20s you know right after my husband and i got married i thought i wanted to be an attorney i was in law school i wanted to fight insurance companies that weren't paying for people to get access to treatment quickly realized once I was there, like this isn't the thing that I thought it was going to be. This is actually not my jam at all. But it was the recession, right? But back in 2008, 2009, and we'd just gotten married. My husband lost his job. He was at a big farm. He was unemployed for a year. Like that year, like could have easily destroyed our marriage. And you know, I was like, where'd the fairy tale go? What just happened here? You know, but we figured out how to like do life again, right? And figure things out. And then we've had challenges along the way and things that we've had to go through. And, you know, just even yeah. pandemic, we all learned a lot about ourselves. And I feel like everybody 
is so much more resilient now than what they were prior to. So that's been a big thing for me, probably the single biggest thing, but I'm also very focused. And when I set my mind to something and I create a plan and I have a deadline and I know what I'm working towards, it gives me these blinders (laughs) that also help me navigate a lot and drown out the noise and stay focused on things. One of my dear friends shares all the time, like one of her favorite sayings is results are what matter. The rest is just noise. And I think it's so easy to get kind of caught up in everything else. There's a lot of distractions in the world. I mean, social media in and of itself can be just a rabbit hole that we don't need to jump down every day. But when you set those very clear goals and intentions for yourself, for your career, it helps you navigate all of the decisions you make in a day and if they're in alignment or not with what you want or who you want to be. So that helps me also pick myself back up when things don't go well, because I'm still focused on what the end goal is. Yeah, That's amazing. I, I know. I think back, like my podcast really came out of, I was ready to quit and like close down my, my company because it was just so hard and, you know, going through different iterations and evolution of it all. But now I look back and how grateful, you know, I am that like I stuck it out and thought there was no better way to build my mindset back than to have a podcast on yes. yes. and it's been quite a journey. And it's uh, amazing. It's amazing yeah. what it can do for you and just like the renewal of energy. And yeah, I think you have to find ways to fill up your own cup too. Right. And like, be really intentional about that. And there's so many benefits that come from creating a community and, and having this opportunity to engage with people. You know, one of the other things, like I was not on Instagram prior to March of 2020, like I just wasn't right. And that was another area that I leaned into as far as like building an online community and showing up every day with the intention of like pouring into others. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of personal benefits that I gained from writing all of the content that I write online. And even if it was, especially back then before I was batching content and was really savvy with the way in which I pull things together, it was something that, you know, I, every day I was creating something, but with the goal of lifting others up and in turn, I was lifted up. Right. And so there was this residual benefit and, and impact again, showing up in the service of others. And it just did a lot for me to be that light and to focus on on showing up in that capacity. So I think like when you find things that bring you joy, how can you allow that to have a ripple effect or a domino effect in your community, in your world, while also reaping the benefits too? Wow. One thing I'm always curious about is, do you have a typical day? Do you have some bookends for how you go about each day? I'm always kind of curious how how everybody accomplished, especially a a busy working mom like you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I like live and die by my morning routine. If I don't have that, I can feel very out of sorts. (laughs) So um, I do have three kids, you know, 11 to four, the age span, very busy. Two of them are competitive dancers. Like really once the day starts, it's about making sure that they're taken care of, that work is taken care of, clients are taken care of. So the morning is my time. Um, I get up at 4.30 every day. I have a very consistent practice. I have a guided meditation that I listen to every morning. I do light exercise to get the blood moving. I have my lemon water. I'm not allowed to have my coffee unless I have my lemon water. I'm a big on like habit stacking. (laughs) So like I have to do my exercise before I get my coffee. And then I work on something that I love and that matters to me. 
in the morning because I feel like when I give myself the gift of time to pour into myself, I feel like I'm very renewed and able to pour into others. So yeah. I really, really try to make sure that like that is not compromised at all. And so do that until about six, six thirty when the rest of the crew gets up. And then, yeah. you know, it's getting everybody ready, get them out the door, whether to camp or school or whatever's next. And then I usually have a, co- a coaching client every morning, which I love. And then I jump into my work at Charlie Health. Wow. That's amazing. Oh, That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Do you do any more meditations at night or anything like I that? Do, or I don't. Do- yeah. No, I, I do listen to my wind down routine. You know, I, I do like to just do all the self-care on my skin because I'm trying to preserve as best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is like a no skip step at night. And I don't watch TV anymore. And so like, that's been a huge change um, and very positive. I appreciate being able to guard my mindset. I think that there's a lot, a lot of infiltration um, that we experience on, on television. So, and then I listen typically to a book as I wind down, yeah. um, like my daughter, my middle daughter really loves to do that. So we typically do that together and then Aww. lights out. So, you know, I try to be in bed by nine, nine thirty at the latest because I start my day at four thirty and I need a yeah. solid seven. So I need I need a solid seven or eight. Like if possible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm trying to inch a little earlier than five thirty because I wish yeah. I just a little bit more time. I'll work on that though. Yeah, just like um, five minutes. If you bump it like five minutes a day, all of a sudden you'll be up earlier. I'll get there. That's- yeah, that's what I did. I just gradually changed, right? Like yeah. before the pandemic, I was a 5.30 person, but like once my kids were home and everybody was in my space, I was like, I need more time. <laughs> you more know, time. then it, I kept like creeping it earlier, but I just did it in like five or 10 minute increments over time. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a great idea. So, well, I know we're getting close to time. Like, is there anything that you want to talk about that we didn't talk about? So you had the shebelievedbook.com, you have your Instagram, all those different things. Is there anything about mindset, entrepreneurship, otherwise yeah. that we didn't talk about today? I think really just reinforcing with your audience and and just continuing to ground in the reality that we have so much more control over our Mm. happiness and joy than sometimes what we allow ourselves to experience because we feel like we have to be on this hamster wheel and, you know, striving for the next thing. So just really getting clear and quiet is something that I want to encourage them to do and allow yourself to think about where you are in this moment right now And what else is calling you? What else do you want to pursue? What do you want to explore that could just continue to enrich your happiness and your joy? Is it writing a book? Is it starting a podcast? Is it dabbling in a side hustle that maybe could turn into something really special for you in the future? You know, really giving yourself the time to explore. I really want to encourage people to do that. I'm constantly reminded in the work that I do every single day, how precious life is. You know, the kids that we are helping at Charlie Health, you know, they're adolescents, young adults, 11 to 33, thousands of kids that we're helping on a monthly basis. And half of them have had a suicide attempt. And I think like that is a very sobering awakening in reality and a reminder of how precious our time here is on earth and how when we can show up as a happy and joyful person, that we can be that light in other people's lives. And we can help others in such a meaningful way by being our true and authentic selves. And so there's a lot of power in 
knowing what you want, where you want to be, what you want to do, and then making moves and making that happen for yourself. It will increase your happiness. You will have a, a ripple effect on everybody around you and you will live your fullest life because it's precious. And I see every day people that don't have that opportunity or are struggling so severely with their mental health. So be very grateful for where you are now. Take the steps that you need to take, whether it is to take care of your mental health in a a greater capacity, if it is to surround yourself with a tribe of women that can support you or putting yourself in a position to be your best, you owe it to yourself and you're 1000% worth it. So that's how I want to live leave today. That's, it's it's amazing. Well, you, you just started and ended with the why. I mean, people really delving into their, their why and their purpose and living this more purpose given existence is going to amplify their happiness by just so much. So, yeah. And I mean, I think back to the book writing process for me, right? Like I did the outline for the book, came down to like chapter 10, just kept like stirring my stomach and it was ultimately what happened and the awakening for me was that it wasn't the chapter that I wanted to write. And I ended up leaving a 10-year career at a startup that I was employee number two and scaled the company to a thousand team members during the time there. But I walked away from a lot because I knew it was no longer the version of me that I needed to be. And it was time for me to evolve and it was time for me to grow. And it was a scary, bold move to make, but it was incredibly important, liberating. It was a confidence booster to know I could start over, do it all over again, and really define the life that I want for myself and the career I want. So if I can do it, everybody that's listening can do it. I know it's hard, change is hard, but evolving is exactly what we were put on this planet to do. So, so true. Well, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, it seems like we're going to be getting together pretty soon. I know we're going to be celebrating. It's going to be great. Yes. Thank you so much, Amy. Appreciate you. Well, I want to appreciate everyone for tuning in today. Um, Allison, what is the best way for people to reach out to you if they want to connect with you? Because I'm so lucky to have you here in Orlando. I mean, so (laughs) AllisonWalshConsulting.com. Everything is there. Of course, SheBelieveBook.com for the book stuff. I'm on Instagram. I show up daily at Allison Walsh. I'm on LinkedIn. Of course, tune into the podcast too. I'd love to have you listen. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again for everyone tuning in today. Let's all continue to go to beyond and strengthening that performance mindset. I'm Amy Calandrino signing off.